and then we'll get to where we've been, what we've been talking about. Amen. We've been talking about the last couple weeks. I told you, what is debt? Doing everything what? But tithing. Amen. You find yourself in a sneaky situation. Amen. Or find yourself in debt all the time when you do everything but what? Tithing. Amen. And remember, remember I said this to you, and I hope you remind yourself of this, that we're, we're taught, we said that in this dispensation, we are in the dispensation of grace. Amen. So if I'm grace giving, then that means that I should give it all. Amen. But the Bible says as a person prospers, he should give as his heart, as his heart moves him. All right. But I always look at it like this. I look at it as, okay, should I give uh, a percentage? Well, I'll use the percentage, right, as a starting point for where I want to go, all right? Now, we talked about this last week. This is where we stopped off last week, right? We talked about how should we give, right? And I told you what, correctly? What else did I say? Consistently? And what? Cheerfully. Does that make sense to everybody? Amen. Correctly meaning what? At least what? 10%. At least. The least. But here's the thing. I don't want you to be bound to a percentage. It's kind of like a catch-22. You know, like, man, I thought you say I don't have to give a 10. But remember, the principle of the tithe is still alive today. Amen? So we give correctly. We give consistently. Amen? Listen, things doesn't stop in God's house. Bills still come. Amen. Just like at your house, bills are still coming here every week. Amen. Every month. Amen. So I say to you that you get into a consistent uh, routine of giving. Amen. And then when you give, give what? Cheerfully, right? Give what? Cheerfully. Why should I give cheerfully? Because God loves, go there, Second Corinthians chapter 9. Let's go there. I just want to go back there for a minute. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Now, here's the thing about cheerful giving. You know, uh, some people struggle with that portion of it because they're like, I don't see nothing cheerful about me giving my money. Come on, y'all. <laughs> I ain't getting nothing in return. Can I ask a question? Is there anybody here who have not received the return or saw the benefit in tithing? Anybody have never seen the benefit in it? All right. In tithing. All right. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have not have, have experienced the reverse of that? Amen. When you don't give. How many, how many, what, let me ask this question. What do you experience when you don't? Hmm? What'd you say? Mess. What else? Okay. Money goes fast. Things break down. You're still spending money. Okay. What else? What else? Oh, I like that. You just, you never have enough. Okay. Problems keep, things keep happening, right? 
So let me ask this question. So wouldn't that be like a real indicator, right? Like, okay, if I don't do it, I see all of this because you've experienced it, right? But when I do it, come on, somebody, I reap the blessings, right? So why wouldn't you do it? I think it's like healthy eating, <laughs> right? We know we're supposed to eat healthy, but boy, them donuts and fried chicken sure good, good. And now they, they, what they doing now? They frying stuff together and make, you know, all, I don't know, was it fried waffles or something? I don't know what they doing. Chicken and waffles, whatever they doing today, bad eating, we know it's not good for us, right? But yet we still do it because we are in the moment. Come on, somebody. And we ignore the facts. And oftentimes Satan can convince us that, man, my giving ain't doing nothing. Amen. I, I, man, shoot, I could have kept that little 150 and paid the bill. Amen. How many of you have seen things worked out where you were going to pay a bill, but you tithe and God turned that thing around in your favor? Come on, how many of you have experienced that? See, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for some testimonies. And here's the thing. I believe, saints, that, as I said last week, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. All right? So, so you look at your checkbook, look at your debits, and you'll find out where your heart really is. So let's look at that scripture real quick. What does it say? So, so we give correctly, we give consistently, we give cheerfully, and we also give through Cash App. That's the next C. <laughs> cash App, checks, cash, yeah, credit cards. Amen. Those are all the C's, all right? So I just want to cover all the C's. All right. Let, let me, let me do, do me a favor real quick. Uh, uh, let's do this real quick. Go to chapter 10 right quick. Because what I because remember the Malachi passage, the Malachi three passage is about Israel's mistakes, right? And what what the writer is saying is, in in first, first second Corinthians chapter ten, go to ten, go to chapter ten. I want you to go to chapter ten, right? What he's saying here is he wants you to avoid Israel's mistakes. Read for me. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's what I want you to know now. All of this, including giving, is spiritual. The moment you were baptized into Christ, tithing is spiritual. Amen. Worship is spiritual. Praying is spiritual, right? He said, but I don't want you to be unaware because what was happening to the Corinthian church, like most churches, they were becoming complacent. See, you could start this journey and then all of a sudden you start getting slack. One week and then the next week and then another week and then another week. And then all of a sudden you become so spiritually weak where you, you don't recognize what's really going on in your life. Amen. Read on for me. Nevertheless. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was what? For they were what? In the wilderness. Amen. Now, these things happen 
as what? For who? So that we would not what? The things and the examples that we have that happened to Israel for their lack of respect and worship for God, it was written for our what? Examples. Amen. So watch this. You can see a non-tither struggling. That's an example. Come on, somebody. But you can go to the word of God and read how Israel was treated and how they ended up. And you'll find out there was 12 tribes, 10 on the north, two on the south. Amen. 10 destroyed, two remain. Amen. And then eventually there's just one, Judah. How do you go into the land of promise and blessings and you end up messing that up? Because we get comfortable when we start getting blessed. Come on and help me somebody. Amen. We become complacent when we get blessed. Amen. We get crazy sometimes when we get blessed. All right. But he says these things were written. So that we would, for our example, look at verse 7. Do not be what? See, I believe that the person that cannot give to God consistently, correctly, and cheerfully has an idolatry problem. Amen. You know what they do? You know what's going on with them? They love themselves more than they love God. Because they're so concerned about their bills. Oh, come on, help me, somebody. They're so concerned about how they're going to make it. They're so concerned about, wow, is we going to make it, y'all? You know how we talk sometimes, you know. Watch what he says. He says, do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. (laughs) The people what? To what? I tell you, they colored people. Watch this. They they sat down to eat and what? (laughs) Drink. And stood up and what? Played. You know what that playing is? Amen. A lot of immorality. Look what it says. Watch this. They had a, this was a big party. What he's referring to, amen, is when they were at the mountain, at the foot of the mountain at Sinai. Amen. And Moses had went up to get the word, but they were down there talking about make me an idol. Amen. See, I believe sometimes it's because When we give, we don't see things happening right away. But you don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. Come on, help me this morning. Amen. You don't know that he's working things out for your good. You don't know, amen, that he's standing before you. He's stopping some things. He's blocking some things so that you can start moving forward. It's not, it doesn't just come back in money. It comes back in favor. It comes back, amen, in blessings that you don't even know knew you needed. Listen, it comes back in peace. I told my wife on Friday, I said, this is the second time in about six months, right, that I felt a peace. The second time in, two, in about six months where I felt, I'm talking about the whole day. I'm talking about the whole day. You know, we can wake up with peace. Amen. And by lunchtime, we ain't got no peace. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. I said, man, maybe I'm doing something right. 
Amen. Because I felt, and I'm not just going with a feeling, but I experienced God's peace. Amen. We went to, we went to a couple places where you're supposed to be waiting a long time. My number was called. Boom. I just walked in. Went back to another place, cut the line. They said, come on up here. Let me help you out. You follow what I'm saying? All these things I look at as not chance, but I look at it as part of my life and my faithfulness and my worship to God. And I want you to look at the same thing with you. God has been doing some things for you. How many, how many you can say in spite of? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. In spite of your faithlessness, amen. He, in spite of, he been blessing you. You know why he blesses you? Because you're his child. Amen. And what he wants us to do, saints, is to be committed, but he wants us to be cheerful. Amen. But watch this now. I, the reason I brought you here is because I want you, I want you to show, uh, I want, I wanted to show you how is how these things we learn from what we see in scripture. Amen. Go 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 now go to 2 Corinthians now. Chapter 9. Amen. All right. Let's read there. Verse 6. Now this I say, all right? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Stop right there. Right. This is why I I I have a little issue about counting money in church and calling out except for on our big days when we do when we're trying to raise some for a goal right i just believe that giving is a private matter it's between you and your god you know what i mean like like seriously like in your heart you're saying god i love you and this is what i want to worship you with today amen he says as i purposed in my heart in my heart amen he says what? In his heart. Not what? Not grudgingly. Remember what I said last week that word means? To be stressed out. To be hostile. Amen. Not grudgingly or under what? You know what under compulsion means? I keep priming you. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And then you know, you, listen, you already purpose in your heart. But here I come pumping you again. And now you're like, oh, shoot. You know, you know what I mean? Making you, you know, give something that, watch this, that in the end causes you to say, man, I shouldn't have done that when you left church. Come on, help me somebody. It should never be like that. I just believe, saints, that if everybody here does what they're supposed to do, we don't have to go there with that. Amen. And I ain't going there with that anyways. Amen. But watch this. He says, not grudgingly or under compulsion. Why? Now, if you know God loves a cheerful giver, he says, for God loves. Oh, man. 
Don't just, I want you to change the way we think, saints. He loves. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And God says, if I gave my son, the least you could do. Come on, somebody. Is give back to me so my church, my kingdom. Listen, this is bigger than you. This is bigger than you. You're just part of the puzzle. And God says, your 100, my $5, amen, your 20, my, my 60, okay, it all adds up to take care of his kingdom. Amen. So if it's an argument between husband and wife, don't make giving an argument. Because God loves. Come on now. Come on now. Amen. And if your wife says, I ain't tired. Well, okay. You, you handle yours. It's supposed to be ours. So part of your money going to be blessed. Part of your house going to be blessed. And part of your house going to be cursed. <laughs> Amen. So, so here's the thing. It's not your money. His money. It, it ain't, it, it doesn't work like that. Uh oh, uh oh. And I know y'all got two separate accounts. Doesn't work like, it does not work like that. I remember when my wife and I got liberated from that. Amen. It was her check, my check. No, it wasn't her check, my check. It's our, if we're one in everything else, in the eyes of the law. Come on now. Texas law. And you ain't got to be married. They call it common law marriage. And guess what? And, and, and if you get divorced, come on somebody. Yeah. yeah. Half of everything. Right. Why? Now, if you live in California now, watch this. You got to pay alimony. Oh, yeah. For those years you've been together. Yeah. So how is it that two people who say they love each other can't trust each other with money. Watch this. So if you can't trust each other with money, what makes me think you're going to trust God with your money? Come on, y'all. Come on. Let's talk. Let's sue. Let's talk about it. Because you know, you know it's, it's true. Right? We know it's true that couples struggle in that area. Put that pop. Oh, where are they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, they struggle with that. Uh, this is my money. Well, he mismanaged. No, you sit down, you find out who's the nerd, who's the free spirit, amen, and you say, babe, we're putting it, this account, we closed down that account, it's one account. Don't it look nice when it's together? Amen. But we got to, we got to control the free spirit, because the free spirit, amen, you, you know what, here's the thing, if you're being deceptive with your spouse, let me talk to y'all right quick while y'all playing. Amen. With finances. Come on, y'all. You you know what I the little girl at the store at at the at the uh, uh, at the gas station uh, New Year's Day I went and get some gas. She said I'm quitting smoking today. I said awesome. I said I'm gonna check on you now. Say, so, yeah, sure, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I pull up in there today. And the only reason I pull in there, I really need some gas. I went beyond the line. 
<laughs> I was on a wing and a prayer up to the gas station. So I pull up in there. I said, how's it going? Oh, well, you see this? I said, okay. I said, now, <laughs> now hold on now. <laughs> now you told me. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That, that you were ready to do it. And that's how it is with finances, right? Husband and wife make up their mind. Yeah, we're going to do it. And then watch this. And then she, I said, what happened? She said, man, I just got stressed out. And so I just, I said, I said, you know, you know, you know what an excuse is, right? She said, what is it? I said, a cop was standing behind me. I said, it's a reason wrapped up in a lie. Okay. And so here's the thing. If you can't get along at home with your finances, with your spouse, Guess what? You're going to struggle giving to God. You follow what I'm saying? Because that, listen, that area has to be intact. Seriously, y'all. And if you're deceiving one another, then what makes me think you're not going to deceive God? Well, well, I'm just going to give my money. It ain't your money. You got married. You're one. One. Okay? You're not two. You're one. And if you say he's difficult, you married him. You knew he was difficult. Or he became difficult. No, you knew the brother was tripping. But you didn't want to come to marriage counseling so we could find out how difficult he was about money. Amen. See, the person with the money has control. Oh, come on, help me somebody. Amen. And in order to release control, you put it together so that both of you are managing it together amen you take off the top what belongs to god amen but you do it what cheerfully i don't know how i got there but i needed to say it amen all right give me my give me my powerpoint Lynn. because god loves it what somebody read that for me Go there. I think we did this already. Go ahead. Uh-huh. All right, go to Amos. Amos 4.4. 4. Somebody's like, what? Not Amos cookies. I already know where y'all mind be. Go to the prophets. It's right there after Jewel. Oh, and be like, I ain't never seen that part of the Bible. That's why we here. <clears throat> I already know. Got to read it. Yeah, back up for a minute. Now, let me say this. You know, remember last week how I talked about returning to God? And I said in Malachi, if you read the... See, we always just teach the 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 first, that one scripture, right? With a man around God. You got to read the rest of it. The rest of it is God is telling them, come back to me. And they act that they got amnesia, right? Like, how? God says, first thing you got to do is come back with your tithe. Because your heart has been taken away from me. But I know if you give me your tithe, I got your heart. Lord have mercy. Find what I'm saying? If you give me, amen, what you value the most, then I know I got your heart. So let's read Amos for me. Read, read Amos. Amos. 
Amos chapter 1. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they they would bring their tithes every three days. They couldn't be trusted. As soon as they got paid, they had to go on and bring them tithes in. <laughs> go ahead. Offer what? Uh, so so know this. They didn't just give tithes. Tithes, let me say this about tithing, y'all. Paul and the disciples and all, they didn't have to preach tithing. This tithing was just this, you're a Christian. You're a believer. You're a child of God, right? So it was just part of what they did. We didn't have to talk about this stuff. They were dealing with other issues. You follow what I'm saying? But, but saints, you can look at the condition of a church. Churches are closing. Doors are being shut. Pastors are quitting. Amen. Pastors got to get a second job, third job, and preach. Okay. I believe that's a bad testimony on a church and the members. Amen. Why? Because we should always make sure that the house of God is taken care of. Always. Why? Because we're fed there. Our lives are changed because we've been there. Amen. Read for me. Thank offering. All right, now go here for me. Go to Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. Now, now watch this. Let, let, me say, let me tell you what happens. We all get um, when we hear messages like this, we get excited about it. We get encouraged by it, right? But see, what I love about God, God will always call you out. Amen. Call you out. Read the text for me. Then the Lord said what? Uh-huh. With what? Words. With what? Stop. A pair of lips will tell you anything. Pastor, I got you, Pastor. Next week, Pastor. God, yeah, yeah, Lord. We could talk a whole lot. Listen, we got so much teaching. We do so much talking. But God says, I want you to move from lip service to heart service. He says, I don't want you to be like them. You, listen, you honor, you, listen, you honor me with your lips. You sound good. But you remove your hearts from me. God wants your heart. 
When it comes down to a fresh start, when it comes down to you giving, he wants your heart. He doesn't want your mouth. He doesn't want words. If you Listen, if you say it, you do it. That's integrity. But I found out one thing. You could say it and, and, and do it, but still your heart's not in it. So is that really integrity? No. That's grudgingly. But he says, but they removed their hearts from me and their reverence of me consists of what? Or oh, you could be doing this out of tradition or what? Rote. You know what rote is? Memory. Repeating something over and over and over again, but you're not doing it, you're not doing it with meaning. You're doing it because you saw someone did it, and so you're like, okay, well, I'll try it. Tradition. People give in church because you know it's tradition. But I'm saying it's a new day. Here's a new day. Here's a new day, y'all. It's a new day. And something has to change in your life. And you got to do this for you. Don't do it for mama. Don't do it for your husband. Don't do it. Do it for you. Do it. Do it because you love God. Do it from your heart. Don't just write the check. Pray before you write the check. Praise before you write the check. If you write the same amount every, every month or every week, right? Pray. God ain't never going to change that number. I'm just saying. I'm just asking. That's why I say do it correctly. But, but if you have a love relationship with him, that number changes. It does change. Because I'm not doing it with my mouth. I'm not doing it with just words. But I'm doing it from my heart. Read it for me. The principle of tithe is still what? Notice, I didn't say tithing. I said what? No, I said the principle. <laughs> the what? Read it for me. Once Jesus died, rose from the dead, resurrected to heaven, everything is fulfilled. So we don't need to tithe. We're not bound to the tithe. But the principle is still alive. So if the principle is still alive, that means that when you do give from grace, amen, you're operating under the principle so you get the blessing of the principle and the curse. So that, the, the tithing principle it has a double-edged sword. So there's a curse side to it and there's a blessed side to it. You know, when he says he's going to open the wi- windows of heaven, think about this for a minute. How big is heaven? How big is the window in heaven? Huh? It all depends on how big you want it. It all depends on which side of the house you're living in. Hello, somebody. Some of you living in the basement. (laughs) And you, listen, you under grace, man, because you got about this little window right here, and you think you're doing well. Just imagine if you come out the basement. Lord have mercy. 
See, I live up north, right? So them basements are huge. But they got them little windows, little, little, little tiny windows. The one we had, like little tiny windows. Okay, you ain't call that a window. Well, you know what that is? Just to get some natural light in there. Watch this. Watch this. Read on for me. Who was reading? Uh huh. All right. We went there. Three. We just asked for one. One tithe would go, heard, to the preacher. Oh, yeah. Some churches, what they do on the fifth Sunday, they give all the tithes to the pastor. Some churches, what they do, they gave, they give all the tithes to the, to the pastor, and then the church operates on offerings. There's churches that do that. Oh, yeah. See, y'all got quiet, like, hold on now, that's my money. No, it went to the, to the Levite. Number two. Even they knew that the temple needed what? Taken care of. You know, I was driving here, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I wonder how many people think about the fact that we moved. You follow what I'm saying? And like, we like, we're out here now, y'all. We, we out here. Like, how many of you think, you know, like, think about it, like, man, rent got to be paid. Amen. Pastors need to be paid. You know, bills need to be paid. You know what I mean? I think about that. Like, like how many people really think about the church, like the kingdom? All right, next one. And one was for the who? For the poor. Yes. All right? The Old Testament tithe altogether would be what? Huh? 23%. Uh oh. All right. We we I'm just taking my time with this so we can get it. All right, go on to the next one. All right. Read that for me. First Corinthians sixteen. The what? Old Testament. <laughs> it ain't the old time. <laughs> right. Right. Jesus tithe. Even though it was not adopted in the New Testament church, Jesus tithe. You know when keep reading. All right. Right, right. So I need you to understand. I don't. I, listen, I'm not going to hide the truth from you. I'm not going to because because a lot of people past say you don't want to tell your people that. Listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. It was never a command in the New Testament to tithe. Never, because it wasn't something. It wasn't an issue that they thought they really had to deal with. Because, but but Paul laid it out when he says, "Listen." You give from your heart. 
You give through grace. Watch this. Read that. Read this scripture for me real quick. First Corinthians 16 and 2. Sunday. When I come. All right. Paul said that's a no brainer. You know, Paul wanted to make sure the Corinthians offering would be collected before he arrived so that he would not need to what? Pressure the people. When he what? When he saw them. Amen. Go to the next slide for me and, and, and y'all can take a picture of this. Uh, it's not working, so go. Yeah. Take a picture of this. So here's how you put it into put it into practice. When to give, consider your pay schedule and establish a pattern of giving your resources when giving when your resource increase. The habit allows you to regularly remind yourself of God's faithfulness and to express gratitude to him. You know, when, you, when, I, when I give, I always say, Lord, thank you for just blessing me. You know, I, and, and it reminds me again of how good he is. Amen. When to give, typically the tithe should be given to the local church where you worship. Somebody asked me, should I split my tithe? Should I give something to goodwill and give something to church? Your tithe go to the church. These gifts support your pastor, ministry members, and actively serving you and help maintain the work of the church. What to give? 10% of your gross income before taxes. Uh-oh. I'm going to deal with that another day. In addition to giving 10% of your monetary in- income, consider giving God the first fruits of your resources as well such as your time, your talent, and your treasures. How to give. Your motives for giving are important to God. Every man, according as he has prospered in his purpose, in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, for God loveth a what? Cheerful giver. Give with the expectation that God will what? I'm going to deal with that next week. Faithfully supply whatever you need, so that you may abound in good works. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.